the Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, who is? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the stop and profile like never before. from our studios in downtown San Francisco. This is In The Click, Bimbo Jimbo, alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello and welcome again, everybody. We're live, pal. How about those XFL games this weekend? Yeah, I mean, a tough, <laughs> tough break as we are uh, live to tape here on this Sunday evening. Uh, my Tampa Bay Vipers going down very poorly. I believe 23-3 to was the final uh, in their XFL debut. But overall, I, I must say, uh, the weekend in review for the XFL, despite my own team's personal failures, uh, has been a pretty smashing success from from everything, you know, from the commentators and from watching it. Really enjoyable football. Not nearly as many jokes being made at its expense, you know, com- you know compared to the last time when it debuted. I think they actually had... Um, you know, some some really entertaining football out there. I I legitimately enjoyed watching it. Uh, you know, when I didn't get to, I didn't get to watch a ton of it, okay. um, but I caught the first game on Saturday, and uh, I caught obviously my Vipers uh, today falling in defeat. Uh, but yeah, some some really fun stuff and some innovations that I already can picture the NFL stealing, which is like right after the touchdown. Uh, interviewing the player on the sideline kind of deal like that that is that is a neat little broadcasting wrinkle that immediately caught my attention that I think will try and be sort of commandeered uh, by other sports and even right down to the fact that they interviewed the kicker that missed the kick that was that was I mean brutal for him but some great theater well I haven't really watched too much myself I just saw some of the highlights on Twitter and Instagram and stuff but it sounds like it's a very much more fast-paced game. Yeah. Like, I, well, and there's going to be a lot of uh, sort of one of the major rule changes is their, how they change kickoffs. Okay. So it's like everybody's like lined up, but and they're not slamming into each other uh, until the player gets the ball. It's not these like head-on car crash collisions. It's going to lead to a lot more, I think, I feel like a return for touchdown oh, scenarios okay. here. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, overall, I, I'm 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 heartened by this, and they've already made more money in their opening weekend, according to reports, than the entire short-lived run of the whatever American Allied Football Federation. Year? Yeah, the, really. Yeah, so they they've already they've already made money than the other upstart uh, football league that tried, and so that's good for them. Quick little side note: I remember when we first heard about all the teams that were announced for the league, and you and I were like. Why not a Bay Area team like something in Oakland to replace the Raiders? I got an email the other day. There is an Oakland Panthers, but it's for the IFL indoor football league. Yeah. So that explains why the Bay Area was kind of off limits. It looks like for an XFL team. I, I don't think that from from what I've read before is that Oakland said no. What? Uh, and San Diego said no. What? And oh that that I mean. That's unfortunate for us because I would have loved a franchise in either market. Uh, but be that as it may, Viper Strong will bounce back next week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, very cool to see the XFL back on. And, you know, really watching it uh, at, you know, at the Warriors HQ with some coworkers, it was the talk of the office. And so they definitely, the XFL definitely has a legitimate buzz going around. It is a, right now, decidedly a curiosity. Okay. It's sort of an oddity, as it were, not like Kurgan or Golga, but uh, but an oddity in the sense that people are very sort of, their interest is piqued by it. They want to see if it's going to be sort of this freak show or, you know, actual football. And I think the reviews that are coming in is that, hey, this is, look, might not be the NFL, but this is actual football. It's a little bit different, but it's still it's fun to watch, and it's not it's not like a joke out there. And they're showing on different uh, 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 channels, right? Like Fox and 
ESPN, ABC. Wow. Okay. So they got some good TV deals as far as being seen on on, on yeah, they major a, networks. They, they had a, they had a lot of eyeballs on it. Okay. So uh, I mean, I haven't seen what the ratings uh, yeah. are going to shake out to be, but uh, yeah, I was I was sort of heartened by that. So good for the XFL. Absolutely. Uh, and good for Killer Cross and Timothy Thatcher. News came out this week that they have been signed to WWE deals. Um, longtime listeners of this show know uh, what a huge supporter and fan I am of Killer Cross. Uh, I, I feel like th- him being getting this platform to be with WWE, uh, you know, he's going to really, really be a big time superstar in professional wrestling. Not that he's not already, but having sort of, again, the more eyeballs on him with WWE, I think he's going to really turn a lot of heads, impress a lot of people. He's reunited with his girlfriend, Scarlett Bordeaux. Uh, I hope he's in NXT. I could see him really thriving in NXT as a big bad heel. He'd be a perfect foil for a baby face, that hard edge baby face, Tommaso Ciampa. A killer cross would be a great foil for him. He'd be a great tag team partner eventually for him because uh, they both very much so have that sort of psycho killer. They could be like natural born killers type uh, characters, you know, and so they, they have that in common. They would feud well with one another. They would pair well with one another if they so chose. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled for him and APW alumnus Timothy Thatcher. Obviously, he's made his name all over the place, championship wrestling, everywhere he's on Evolve. He's done progress. Yeah, great, great things. Uh, and so for him to get the call, the WWE uh, is really exciting as well. Well, it's a long time coming as well because remember – when Walter got signed and like the other guys from Ringconf, Gulak, yeah, they were they teamed together. Yeah, like everyone else in Ringconf uh, got signed to WWE except for Timothy Thatcher. So everyone was like, "What's the holdup?" And obviously, Ringconf eventually became Imperium yeah. under the NXT umbrella. So I, it just seemed like, like why why is it taking so long to get him? You if you want everyone else in the group, why not him? He's definitely one to stand out. Yeah, that was an interesting time period too because he was really a standout, and there were there was a lot of buzz around him that he was going to get the call. So it's good to see that finally sort of pay off here. And Timmy Thatcher, really upstanding guy. Um, I, I you know he was somebody that turned my head when I was watching APW back at the garage in Hayward. He mm-hmm. he, he was somebody that really sort of jumped off the page so to speak and uh so i think he's gonna do very well also so really really cool uh that both those guys are headed to wwe okay so if you're timothy thatcher do you think he should be put on nxc uk and become like a fifth member of imperium or just kind of do does his own thing with nxc in florida at full sale uh i would imagine killer cross yeah it makes sense put him on nxt uh week to week and have him do stuff there but but Timothy Thatcher, even though he's from Sacramento, he has a huge following in the UK, especially like in Germany and stuff. So it would seem naturally maybe start him off over NXT UK and maybe put him in a program with Walter somehow right away. So I'd be curious what they decide what to do with each guy. Yeah. I mean, if if I'm Timothy Thatcher, I'd want to be on NXT, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's in my opinion, it is the best brand of wrestling it's, you know, that is under the WWE umbrella mm-hmm. and it's on USA. And, you know, so you're 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 going to be put in a position where your in-ring work can thrive. Yeah. And creatively, I think it would not be too far of a stretch to say that I think people in NXT creatively feel more sort of satisfied than on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. If he goes to NXT UK, uh, I'm sure, you know, obviously he has, you know, friendships there and bonds with Walter and everything like that. Um but it is, it's not the same audience. Mm-hmm. It's not given the same prominence. So I, th- I think for him, I, I'm sure he'd be thrilled creatively to work with them again, too. So w- we will see how that shakes out. I was just going to say real quick, pretty amazing last month, six weeks of signings for NXT. Yeah. Between these two, Jake Atlas a month ago and even like two months ago with Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah. So it's like Triple H's credit. They're bringing in the top indie stars. Like every other month, it seems like. So I feel like maybe when one person gets called up to Raw or SmackDown, they sign someone else to fill the shoes of NXT. NXT roster is becoming really stacked right now. And I mean, just another, again, like we said, another all pro wrestling alumnus. And Timothy Thatcher is one that definitely uh, I super associate with his time in all pro wrestling. 
uh, because that's when I first became familiar with him, and I watched him wrestle there a good deal. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, feeling fortunate that I guess I got to call what what for the time being will be his last match in all pro wrestling, him wrestling for that championship against Jake Atlas, who is now also in WWE. That was something I saw online after this announcement was like, how cool was APW's last match of 2019 for the Universal Championship was Jake Atlas and Timothy Thatcher. Yeah. And a little bit whole two, three months later, they're both in NXT now. So pretty crazy stuff. Right yeah, there. very, very cool for the Bay Area. They're all representing there and going to do great things in WWE. Uh, I want to talk uh, something off the beaten path, but still pro wrestling related. Uh, Bowling for Soup, Alexa Bliss's admitted favorite artist. Uh, great band. Love that uh, band. Her favorite band uh, wrote a tribute song that's all about Alexa Bliss, and they even made a music video starring Alexa Bliss. Uh, they just released it recently here, so uh, took a look at that. Very fun, you know. Good for Alexa to be featured in it. Um, what would you think? I'll share the link on uh, in the clicks Facebook and Twitter page. So make sure to follow us there. But I loved, I loved the concept as far as like weird science. Yeah. As far as these two young kids, uh, big fans of Alexa Bliss, and they decide to. Use the computer and a, and a WWE action figure of Alexa Bliss and like blow her, uh, you know, up into real size and yeah. spend like a day with her hanging out and like doing fun stuff with Alexa Bliss, like the movie Weird Science. So I trust song- me, my my best friend Jeff, who is a huge Alexa Bliss fan, uh, he would love to have been those kids. <laughs> Absolutely, but no, but the, the video the video is very fun. The song it's it's very Bowling for Soup. They're they're one of the like top pop punk bands from the last 20 plus years. So for them, it's catchy. I thought it's very cool. So I think it's just cool that for Alexa Bliss to do something with her favorite band and for uh, Bowling for Soup, a great way to get into uh, the WWE universe as maybe some new fans that way. Yeah, you know what? Shout out to them for even including Alexa Bliss's pig, Larry Steve. Is that what that so, was? Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> so that's, remember- that's, that's her pet pig uh, as first seen on Total Divas. Uh, so <laughs> that, that was, that was a nice little touch. Maybe they should play her entrance. like at WrestleMania or something. It doesn't well, really fit with who she is on screen. In my yeah, opinion, she's kind of like in the middle between her right now. Right. Or as far yeah, as, but I just, their style of music doesn't really, yeah. whether she's heel or babyface doesn't really fit her sort of persona on screen in my opinion, but I wouldn't be surprised if something like that did happen. Yeah, no, I be, I think it'd be really cool. I mean, actually real quick before I forget, were you a weird science fan of the movie or TV show? Uh, both, but I okay. definitely, you know, I saw a lot of the TV show yes. uh, growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the movie was in the eighties, but yeah. the TV show was in the 90s, and obviously USA was big for us with WWE program with Raw and stuff. Yes. So all that's, the ads yes, for that. Yes, correct. That, and that's where I sort of became more familiar with Weird Science. Yeah, yeah. I actually think I – it's a little fuzzy, but I was probably more familiar with the TV show first and yes. then saw the movie. Yes, exactly. Because of the show. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, this is very fun. Uh, Alexa Bliss getting the weird science treatment from Bowling for Soup. Uh, what is not fun to me <laughs> is this next bit of clickbait, <laughs> and that is the idea that the WWE could be selling off their streaming rights for their pay per views. Uh, Vince McMahon was on a conference call, and he's you know was you know talking about you know the fourth quarter and earnings and everything and stuff like that and. One of the ideas that got floated out there with with one of the things that Vince said somewhat, I think people have sort of ran with this quote a little bit, but talking about how there is a lot of interest from streaming services to buy specific pay-per-views that, you know, and then the headline just started pouring out, raised my alarm bells big time. And I think the prevailing reaction that I saw, and it certainly is my reaction is like, well, if that happens. That's like, that's going to lead to a lot of canceled network subscriptions. Yeah. Then that's the thing is. I mean, Vince on the conference call announced like 2019 was their highest grossing year, right? And the fourth quarter was also very high grossing wise. So 2019 was a very profitable year for them. But it sounds like he's trying to like try to figure out how to expand things in 2020 and how to make more money. I think I think he said or uh, subscription numbers dipped down, I think, at the end of the year, if I remember correctly. So obviously they're trying to figure out ways to make up for that lost revenue. And so they're... Therefore, one of the ideas is selling the rights to pay-per-view. So there's a lot of people. I don't. I don't see it happening. And yeah. I, and the, the the thing that I actually see happening, which I'm which I'm fine with, is sort of the tiered system of the network. Okay. Uh, and this is something that, that you know I would love to just keep the network nine ninety nine and everything mm-hmm. like that. 
Uh, but it's something that's been floated around in their questionnaires and their surveys and stuff like that is this idea of tiered subscription service. And so maybe in order to get all of the pay-per-views, you would be at one tier. Maybe another tier would be just the big four and and, and so forth. Uh, and, you know, so it's, it's kind of like a freemium game in that sense. Uh, but, you know, for generating more, you... you He's going to have people way smarter than us crunching the numbers in mm-hmm. terms of what the the checks and balances are there, the pros and cons yeah. of of that tiered service. Because you are, if you introduce something like that, you probably will get a dip in subscribers somewhere. Yeah. But maybe the ones like the diehards that still want uh, to watch every pay per view, you know, they're paying maybe. Thirty bucks a month, or something, as opposed to nine ninety nine a month. Maybe that'll more than make up for it. Yeah, just kind of looking online, a lot of people speculation of what this could mean. So, like, one option was, yeah, maybe Vince or whoever wants to sell off all the pay per view rights to other streaming services. So, you get the network for everything else, but to watch the pay per views, you have to go somewhere else to watch it. Or there's the option of, yeah, maybe the big four: Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series on a different platform the rest of the pay-per-views you can watch regularly on the network uh and then there's also the talks of just selling off wrestlemania itself to like maybe fox fox is like rumor is fox is interested on getting the rights to wrestlemania and do it like super bowl style yeah where it's live on fox for free for all of us but obviously they'll have all the big commercials with and that's how they'll make their money from that that's a very interesting concept yes which for me and a part of me if that does happen, I'll be a little excited because I think it kind of brings a little more uh, uh, legit business yeah. to them. That way, like, you know, people who who question wrestling or not wrestling fans, as far as, look, Fox sees how big this event is. And- Listen, th- that, that one has a lot of if, appeal to me as well for that same reason because, one, it's accessible to everyone, and it, mm-hmm. there there is definitely still that wrestling fan out there that is the – go to church on Christmas and Easter mm-hmm. wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. There, there's It's the fan that only cares about WrestleMania just because it's like that's the name that they know and love from their childhood and they don't really watch anymore. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, but it, I so I would be interested to see if that happens, what kind of numbers they would do. Yeah, I mean, that would be kind of crazy if it gets like Super Bowl type numbers. Yeah, I mean, who would I mean, be close? I I'm, yeah, it's just something impressive. I, w- I wouldn't necessarily expect Super Bowl numbers off the me, bat, but let me ask you it would be interesting. I'm just curious, though, which type of streaming services would want this? Would it be like a Fight TV app? Would it be Fox? Would it be NBC, like Peacock? They're, they're launching their own apps or. Or ESPN itself. I mean, there's there's no shortage of networks and streaming services out there that I think would be very interesting. I've heard Hulu. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of different things. I think that, to me, that the most notable idea is the idea of having WrestleMania on free TV yeah. on Fox. Maybe have SummerSlam and WrestleMania on there, and then everything else lives on the network. And I just would love to create sort of that buzz uh, around having it on TV and then again yes the commercials would be a thing it would be it would be such an event it would be as the late great gorilla monsoon would say it would be a happening well, that's the thing i'm only concerned is sure if it goes to fox or somewhere on free tv but there's going to be a lot of commercials so would that be kind of slow down the momentum of the show but then again WWE has a lot of their own they take their own little breaks promo videos as well so maybe that's how they'll schedule it it'd be interesting but then would it go six hours? That's the thing. If, if it's on Fox, would they allow six plus hours of WWE programming for WrestleMania? For one Sunday in April? I think absolutely. I think they do more. I think I think you're looking because you're not even taking into account the pregame show. And in this case, ladies and gentlemen, a pre-show would make total sense. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can wrap my head around. That's the thing. So there's a lot of possibilities here. And I think Vince even mentioned the conference call that they want to have a decision made or figure this all out pretty soon. So I wouldn't be surprised if within the next couple months they'll uh, they'll have something figured out for all of this. So it should be interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting stuff going on with WWE and what's going to happen with uh, their pay-per-view rights and everything. Uh, also, I want to talk a little bit about Matt Riddle stirring the pot once again with Brock Lesnar. Uh, this is leaning more and more every day that this is just a big work. Uh, and so, you know, who knows? But I, I, but you see, and like, I like Matt Riddle. I don't necessarily buy Matt Riddle in his current incarnation of beating the beast. You, well, you know, I just well, don't. 
Are you, are you talking about what he did? In, was it Las Vegas? Yeah, last he did night? NXT Live. And he said he was going to personally retire Brock Lesnar and all that stuff. And it's all good fun. And then supposedly there was like rumors online that NXT, I think it's NXT talent are not allowed to tag superstars on Raw or SmackDown anymore or, or vice versa. I mm. think they're trying to reduce maybe like these conversations online. Fantasy booking themselves yeah, in the matches. They're, they're calling out people without being properly setting this up. But the other thing too, like this is all. Like, listen, this is all rumor, dirt sheet stuff. Apparently, Vince McMahon is also like upset with Riddle for keeps calling out Brock Lesnar, and, and I don't really buy that. But that's the thing: if he does it last night in Vegas, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. He must have. It's okay. He's getting okay from people to like keep doing it. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't buy any heat with Vince because if you have heat with Vince, you're shown the big ass door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I don't buy that at all. Uh, but what I do buy and what I'm actually excited about, because I hope this is true, and I've gone back and forth on it over the years in terms of if I want to see it, but at this point, with The Undertaker not involved in a major storyline right now, mm-hmm. uh, and the report is that Sting is going to get medically cleared to compete again on the heels of that big, you know, that big sort of documentary they did on him on the network and, you know, alluding to the fact that, yeah, him versus The Undertaker just... Timing never seemed to line up and everything like that. If they're both in good shape to go, why not do it at WrestleMania? That's a WrestleMania caliber match. I'm 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 in I'm into it. Let's do it. Let's just finally do it. Let's not die with any regret on our lips. Let's get that match going. Let's just get it over with. I, I I'm I'd be excited for it. I think the build would be good and like you know whatever smoke and mirrors they have to do. Uh, you know, to you know, for in the match and everything, so be it. Well, you know, Sting has been wanting this. He keeps referencing interviews for the last few years, and even he's been uh, putting off the actual neck surgery that he needs for the ailment that he's been dealing with. So the the because the holdup for him is if he gets that neck surgery, he can then officially can never wrestle again. So that's why he's been putting it off because he still has that itch for maybe that potential last match with Taker. So I could see he's holding on for last bit of hope for this to happen. But, I mean, part of me is like, just get it over with. I'm tired of hearing about it. Yeah. Just do it. Even if, like, maybe if they can't go one-on-one for a super long, maybe we can put them in, like, a tag situation. Yeah. Something. Just get it over with. I, for me, I'm like. You I'm, don't sound enthused at all, I'm just tired here. of hearing about it. It's like, like, they're both not getting any younger here. So forever. Powers that be, whoever's holding this up, just do it so everyone can shut up about it. I'm so sick of hearing about it. All right. Wow. Hard, tired of it. Harsh words from from brother baby Huey over here. I, I actually would be, uh, you know, I'm not saying it would be the best match in the world or anything, but I would be excited for the build to the match because I think it would be pretty fun. Uh, one more bit of business before we get into our uh, sort of what we thought about all the shows that we watched this week. Uh, championship Wrestling is coming to the Bay Area. It is coming to KGO ABC7. It is coming courtesy of David Marquez and Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and the United Wrestling Network. And it is coming to the Bay Area courtesy of me. <laughs> With Levi Shapiro. Hosting wow, his put himself over. Oh, my no, God. I, I'm very excited about this. Uh, all, all kidding aside, um, very thankful for the opportunity, but we've talked about it on the program a little bit, but uh, Levi Shapiro and myself are hosting the in-studio show for championship wrestling okay. as it comes to the Bay Area. And again, it will be airing on KGO ABC 7. It's going to be Saturdays at 1.30 a.m. So uh, February 15th will be our debut episode. Okay. Um, and so we, we've we've gotten some cool stuff in the can already for it. So be sure to tune in again, February 15th, 1.30 a.m. We're going to talk about it more uh, a little bit later on because in addition to this episode, Clicksters, we have a bonus episode coming your way. And spoiler alert, our bonus episode features the one and only, the incomparable David Marquez, who sat down with me for just a quick quick little chat as we move towards the premiere. Uh, but one of, the, one of the things that I do really want to put over uh, with this show, beyond the opportunity... Uh, with, with with David and to be a part of championship wrestling brand and everything, which is super exciting, is the fact that through this opportunity, uh, being able to give back to San Francisco State University, my alma mater, which, you know, that's where I learned broadcasting. I uh, was very proud of my time there. And, you know, I've always had a lot of SF State pride. Uh, and everywhere I've gone in my broadcasting career now also sort of 
reflects that and just their good reputation. And so when this opportunity came my way and we hadn't decided on where we were going to shoot it, I, I reached out to SF State. I talked to David. I said, hey, you know, like, I think this could be a good opportunity for some students to get some real life work experience in television. It's going to air on KGO. It'd be, you know, what what student wouldn't jump at that opportunity? Um, he loved the idea. The instructors in the broadcasting department at SF State loved the idea. And so it became this sort of cool partnership. Uh, and I just really, really am very, like, proud of the fact that I'm able to give back to uh, the department that I feel really helped turn me into the broadcaster that I am today. So it's just very cool getting to interact with some some students that really show a lot of ambition and interest in being a part of this. And I think they're going to learn a lot. They're going to get great experience. And maybe we'll make some pro wrestling fans out of them, too, which is always a good thing. So you're going to introduce the next generation of college students to, to tune into wrestling. To pro wrestling, absolutely. You're like AEW, you get that young demographic. Try, trying to do whatever I can, but it, it is very cool. And, you know, they look, they have A-plus facilities in there. So it's uh, it's really a great production. I'm going to tune in just to see Levi's outfit. Yeah. That's <laughs> number one priority for me. And, and look, I, I'm, I'm so thrilled for Levi, too. He's, yeah. he, he did a really great job. Uh being another one of the hosts on this show. And so we're going to have to get him in here yeah. uh, to talk about it as well, because Levi is in a cool spot where he is, he's one of the hosts of the show and he's an in-ring competitor on championship wrestling. So that's, that's pretty rad. So, so he, little, he does, he does double duty. So he's a little biased in some matches. For, yeah, absolutely. And he's, it's, it's very fun and it's, it's only going to get more. This guy. Yeah. It's only going to get more fun as our interplay just gets stronger and stronger over the course of these episodes. But um, you know, real talk. I am, I am very, very excited for this opportunity. I mean, we're we're going to be on TV. Like it's, it's wrestling on TV in the Bay area. That's awesome for, for Bay area wrestling fans. It's just, it's, it's going to be a great partnership. So I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to talk more about that, uh, in our bonus episode, but enough of that for now. Are we going to watch it together late in our late pajamas? Night. <laughs> late night. I'm living it. Uh, but let's get let's get to our uh, sort of what we watched this week. Let's start with Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, your your thoughts on Raw this week? It was actually I thought a lot of fun. I mean, I think just with uh, uh, Charlotte Flair coming out and Rhea Ripley coming out to challenge her for the NXT Championship. So that's something. Unfortunately, kind of the problem with social media and like the dirt sheets and all that stuff. Like when Charlotte came out and was trying to figure out where she wants to. Use her Royal Rumble win, which title to challenge for. The crowd started chanting Rhea right away. So I thought it was a little bit of a spoiler just because the news broke that she might be challenging Rhea Ripley. So Rhea Ripley, seeing her come out on Raw, I thought it was awesome and telling Charlotte, hey, I defeated you before back in November, the build up for Survivor Series. So I enjoyed that segment and seeing how that's going to play out and then carried over to NXT, which we'll touch on later. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I really loved Randy Orton. Uh, yes. Coming out to supposedly address his actions, his attack on Edge, and just the amount of heat that he was able to get without even saying anything was incredible. Yeah, my brother, I, he was telling me, and he posts on Twitter as well, it's amazing how much heat Randy Orton can get without even saying a word. Yeah. Like, this shows how, I mean, one, just how popular he is, but his actions from a week before on Edge carrying over and he's just feeding off that crowd. So I thought that was just really amazing. And, and I, and I really love one that edge wasn't on TV to, you know, you, you got to sell those injuries and everything like that. Cause if he's on TV to get come up and son, Randy Orton, that just undoes everything you did the week before. And this to me is a, is a legitimate, amazing WrestleMania match. This is a great grudge mm-hmm. match to have at WrestleMania. It's befitting of the name WrestleMania. So I, I'm, I'm all in for this. I'm I, there. There still is like a little nagging in the back of my head. Like, please don't move this to super showdown. Well, so far it looks like it's, you know, it, cause what super showdowns, what in less than two weeks now. Yeah. So based on the slow buildup so far, I would like to think they're going to stretch this out to April fingers crossed for yeah. that. Listen, if, if Randy Orton's in a match with somebody at super showdown and edge, you know, comes in through the crowd yeah. or something like that and attacks Randy Orton. That's great. Mm-hmm. But don't don't give us the match before WrestleMania. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. This is a great first match for Edge uh, being back. I, and for me personally, I'm really digging, you know, Seth Rollins as the heel, the Monday Night Messiah. Yes. His disciples following him. And I'm digging this. Like, Seth, you know, I was a little hesitant about him going back to being a heel, but 
he does it really well. Especially- he, he he does. He's a he's a better heel than he is a baby face. Yeah. And that's no that's not meaning to be disrespectful towards Seth Rollins. I don't think you know, we've talked about it at length on this program that it's a tough spot to be a baby face in WWE right now because they take a lot of what's cool about you away mm-hmm. and it's sort of, you know, some sometimes the fans reject you in a certain sense. But I, I am digging the Monday Night Messiah thing. I do have to say though, however, um, and hopefully if he is the Messiah, he can raise this from the dead. But rest in peace to I mean, it's very sad and I just it's angering because it's so senseless. This kind of loss to me, I, I can't wrap my head around it, but rest in peace, uh, Buddy Murphy's first name. <laughs> so He's just Murphy now. I know, yeah. <laughs> so that's, um, you know, it's one of the, I didn't have a chance to say goodbye. It's just, you know, senseless. It's, couldn't even say goodbye. <laughs> really bad. Angel? Really bad, though. Murphy. That's just, Mur- just Mur- like, I was Murph. talking about with a friend, like, how about, how about Disciple Murphy? Like, at least then it's like a title. DM. And, it, and it's more just like slide into him. <laughs> uh, it, but it's more just like. You know, you could have Disciple Akam, Disciple Razar, Disciple Murphy. At least then it makes your faction a little bit more solidified. It's just the one name thing. Like the Ramones. Like, what, M- McLovin, who are you, Seal? Like, it just doesn't It just doesn't jive with me, man. I don't, I I mean, what do you think? Ali, stupid. Uh, it just, Andrade. Andrade, yeah. Of all the parts, like, I would have kept, like, Cien Almas so, the, over uh, the Andrade part. Like, I, I don't get it. Well, I... Like at WrestleMania, know. it's going to be Ray versus Angel. It just—it's dumb. I, I, uh, are who, people that lazy? Who, who'll ever forget the great WrestleMania matches? You know, between between Ted and Jake. Like, get the bleep out of here! Hulk versus Hulk versus Randy. It, it's just. I, I don't I don't understand it. Ricky versus Randy. I, I do not understand it. We should do that. We should that could be a fun Just game. Shorten everybody's know, name. We do first names, you gotta guess which match. Listen, the only one that has really worked for well, Cesaro it's worked for, and that's a cool name, and that's unique yeah. enough that that could be just named. Like it's, Cher. It's worked for Elias. I didn't like it at the time because, one, the Drifter's a cool-sounding name for a character. I actually would have preferred it if he just went by the Drifter. Like, like just like there's the Undertaker. You know, the Drifter's fine. But the Drifter Elias Sampson, there was no need for them to shorten that at all. I do not understand this obsession was shorting it. I mean, who could ever forget the classic Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12? Brett versus Sean. Woohoo! Like, what the. Yeah, anyway. Well, I was just going to say, um, I, I. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, listen. Monday I, Night Messiah, do your thing. Raise him from the dead. I just know from, you know, in our culture and younger generations, like, they like to abbreviate everything and just text. This ain't it, man. And don't have, like, actual conversation anymore, especially on the phone. I, I think that's just the trend. Like, pretty, pretty soon it's going to be it's going to be M, like Murph. Just just a, a yeah. I, I know I'm with you. It's like, come on. I don't know. I find it very limiting. Yeah. Like, like, I don't want Seth Rollins to just be Seth. It's just, it's absurdly stupid to no, me. He's going to be Mr. Lynch. I, I just, I just, yeah, that's true. But I actually did think that uh, outside of, uh, you know, that sad news to hear about that passing, I, I thought, I thought Raw was actually pretty good this week. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was cool seeing Angel Garza, I guess, play yes. the role of Andrade for this week. I, I dig, I dig that. I, li- I like his involvement. Uh, I think that's cool. Yeah. And it, it was really cool, like the follow up on NXT as well. So, yes. Dude, I mean, a lot of people are up on Angel right now. Like, see, like, the next I'm up Eddie on Guerrero. all of them. I love Angel. I love Umberto. I love Andrade, Cien Almas, or whatever oh, you want to shorten his name to. Ray. Yeah, uh, yeah, just Ray. Um, what do you think? Like online, people are like, "Oh, they should bring back the LWO, Latino World absolutely Order." Absolutely not. <laughs> or create their own faction. Yeah, do something new. Okay, do something new. Uh, but yeah, Raw was pretty good this week. Let's let's talk about AEW Dynamite. Uh, they did a really good job in this episode teasing ahead to to the uh the lashing segment which you know AEW does a, like one of the things i appreciate about uh, AEW is that they do some old school things you know that they, they know like it's like tried and true ways to get heat like a segment like that where you're literally you're bringing somebody out to be publicly whipped mm-hmm. is like going to get a tremendous amount of heat on whoever the heel is a lot of sympathy on your baby face 
Um, and I thought that segment in itself was was really good in terms of how they just they added a lot. They built it out and built a lot of like other personalities around it to sort of stretch it and make it a full segment. Yeah, they may have gone a little overboard with like, it, what, with it at times. Minutes? You know, yeah. yeah, I think they maybe have like maybe overdid it just a bit. Uh, but I did. I like the idea of Dustin coming out there and offering to take the lashes for him and not wanting to see his brother take the hits and everything. So th- there was a lot to like there. The Moxley and the inner circle stuff continues to impress as well. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, even uh, Heyman Page, when like uh, in the the four tag uh, four and yeah. four match, like he didn't want to tag the guys in, so he actually got defeated and had the beer. Walked away with the beer, and then later on, when uh, the Young Bucks confronted him, they took his beer away, and then all of a sudden he had the pitcher of beer yeah. afterwards. I was like, "That's pretty funny." Yeah, I'm like, I'm liking Hangman Page. I know some of it's a little silly. The other thing with AEW is they do a lot of this old school stuff, but they do mix in maybe sometimes a little bit too much of the silliness. That sort of it's like oil and water a little bit. Yeah. with some of the things that they do. Well, and then, uh, but it is a very easy watch, and that 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 is one thing in today's day and age with professional wrestling. There, because so much of it is asked of the fan. Yeah. in order to be able to be up on everything. It is such an easily digestible, you know, the two hours does fly by pretty quick. A couple things I noticed. One, just the backstage segment with the inner circle. And Jericho's like, how dare you, Moxley, hit? Yeah, uh, who- what kind of man stabs another man in the eye with a spike and almost ruining his career? It's great. The, 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 the great uh, use of ironic... Uh, heat there by Jericho was excellent. Yeah, that that got me too. Yeah, that was just really funny. And um, it, it you know Britt Baker, she's I. Hopefully they're going to use her more and maybe kind of help that women's division. It, I'll tell you that I don't know how I feel about the whole like teeth being knocked out spot because it was very gross. Yeah. Um, but I like the creativity and the originality of of sort of curb stamp, stomping her opponents on the rope. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's a cool way to play into. Listen, if they're going to hit us over the head with the fact that she's a dentist, yeah, working that into her in ring character, I'm fine with. So I actually, uh, I actually kind of like that. I think they they maybe overdid it a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but I think each week, the last three weeks, you know, through her heel turn. They've been adding a little bit more to her, so I think uh, I think she's going to find her footing more in that role. The other thing with AEW to give them credit for is, I think it was towards the end, they were kind of advertising what's coming up on next week's show, and then they jumped ahead. Here's what's going on two weeks from now, three weeks from now. So it's kind of interesting to see that they got their stuff together as far as planning out yes. what's going on for the next few weeks. Like They have a storyline built up. Yeah, and they have different tiers of storylines, too, yeah. that I really like. I am interested. Listen, it was a rough start for the Dark Order yeah. in AEW, but I feel like they're really hitting their stride, and mm-hmm. I'm actually invested and interested in what's going on. People can cry predictable all they want when it ends up being Christopher Daniels as the exalted one or what have you, if that's the route they decide to go. Kind of kind of fine with that, though. Like we discussed last week, I think it'd be a good way to sort of maybe get Scorpio Sky off onto a good singles push and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, there are multiple storylines that I care about throughout the course of the show, which I really like. And it also kind of looks like they're kind of maybe getting rid of some storylines that are not working. Yes. So when when Cody was getting his lashes, so like uh, was after the first five, or first couple ones, Arn Anderson came out and was like, yeah. Cody, come on, man up. The you coach, got this. Which Coaching I still him don't up. like. And then Dustin came out. It's like, let me do it. Let me finish it out. And then the Young Bucks came out. It's like, you can do this. And then I think at the very end, Brandy comes out. And, like, they have this really moment, like, he's, like, tearing yeah. up. And she's like, you can do this. You can do this. But Brandy was just normal. She wasn't doing the whole Correct. other angle. So a lot of people are speculating online, is it done? Especially being on the main show. I think, I don't know if it's going to be just on AEW Dark only, but it kind of looks, I mean, even Awesome Kong, she, I think, ha- has to leave already. She has to go film Glow, I think, the next season. So maybe that whole angle that they were trying to do, cutting the hair of the different female wrestlers is kind of... Dying off. Exactly, because I think they realized it wasn't working. Yeah, and I mean, kudos to them if they if they pivot when they realize something just really isn't going to work. But mm-hmm. I, I do think uh, that that main event segment with, with the lashing really did work. It, it made... It made Cody this mega relatable, sympathetic baby face. People want to see MJF get his ass kicked. And, you know, even so I watched it with my roommates and they're not wrestling fans. And so they were sort of like, well, this like this guy whipping him's got to get his right. And so and that to me right there, I was like, this is working Mm -hmm. because you have 
the uninitiated wrestling fan watching, the, the just somebody that's just a casual person watching, like, well, this guy's got to kick this guy's ass when he mm-hmm. finally is allowed to get. Because I explained like the stipulation to them, and they're like, oh, okay. Like he's like, well, he's got he's got to get it right. So that that told me right there that it's going to work to a mass audience. Yeah. So that I thought that was pretty just a pretty cool kind of okay, yeah, that's working. I mean, and that's something I think we talked talked about before. To AEW's credit. They know how to make their baby faces look strong, confident. Yeah, still cool. Appealing, still cool. And also the heels, badass in their own way. But they're also, you want to see them get their face punched in. They're the bad guy. They don't do three cheer spots before they enter the ring. I Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the heels, like like right now, I don't want to wear MJF shirt. Yes. But I want to wear Undisputed Era shirt. So, So, but I will say this. So for Cody, like... His entrance was badass. He comes in the ring, he's taking the lash, and everyone's like, come on, do it, do it. Because if you get through this, you're one step closer to getting your hands on MJF. And then even Wardlow t- took a shot as well. Yeah. That was like painful, that yes. last one, or second to Well, last that was one. the other part of the segment, too, is that the for people that are casually watching, is that the, the results of the whips being evident on Cody's body right mm-hmm. from the get-go, like those welts, Again, my roommates watching were like, oh, my God, like, you know, because they they come to it with this idea that, you know, they use the F word about wrestling, about it being fake or what have you. And it's like watching that. It's sort of it's a great visual to show that what they're doing is uh, its own form of legitimate. But even just the details like like MJF, his last hit was across the chest on uh, Cody's dream tattoo. Like just that little detail alone shows like, you know, they're really trying to build this this is uh, hatred for one another. Yeah. And then trying to get each other's skins like that. So for Cody, like he's, like I said, being built up as his badass. He took his whipping and now f- next weekend's Warlow in the steel cage match or is it two weeks from now? But even then, uh, also just real quick, Kenny Omega and Pac in a 30-minute uh, uh, 30 30 Iron Man match coming yeah. up soon. So for them, like I said, it's it's nice that they're having stuff planned out. Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, shout out to Pac who has been great. Uh, with AEW, and he's another guy that's really fully committing to being that heel character. But one thing, though, in that segment, when he challenged him, and then he's like, I'm not going to hit, uh, uh, who's the Rio? Champion? Rio. And then Nyla Rose comes out and, you know, beats yeah. her up and tries to put it through the table, and the table doesn't break. Yeah. It's like, it just shows how light-weighted uh, uh, Rio is. Yeah. I was like, oh, like, just like one little oops. Like, I just kind of wished. The table would have broke. Just. But Pac's been great, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's been terrific. And I love the idea that, of, like, teasing that he would do it. You, yeah, You yeah. know, like, the it's the implication that really that really was working there. The mm-hmm. idea that he is enough of a bastard uh, that he would attack Rio. Uh, but let's go to NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, as we build towards NXT TakeOver Portland, which is shaping up to be a fantastic show, uh, I really have enjoyed, uh, you know, just all the build. Again, Tommaso Ciampa is a badass babyface. You know, he it's really working for him. He's still as cool as he's ever been. Uh, and I love the Undisputed Era just being paranoid. Look, I, li- I, like, I like them going around beating people up in, in the back, you know? Yeah. But I also love Ciampa outsmarting them again, that whole deal. What do you think of NXT this week? A lot of fun as well. It just <laughs> Wednesday night. Is such an awesome Best night in wrestling right I know. now. It, it's toward the till Saturday the fifteenth. What Saturday? Oh, yeah. Championship yeah, yeah. wrestling on yeah. KGO, baby Huey. <laughs> yes. Um. So <laughs> I'm laughing right now. Anyway, yeah. NXT a lot of fun as well. So I mean, just even the opening segment with uh, the Broserweights coming out on their golf cart and the little fireworks behind them and Pete Dunne just. You know, stoned face yeah. the whole time. I mean, Matt Riddle having all of the fun, and Pete Dunn's like grumpy cat, like not there about it. I had fun once; it was awful. And then what was it? How many fish can a fish fry? If Bobby yeah, fish- that, that that wasn't it for me, man. I, I didn't like that. I thought, that, I thought you, that was stupid. How many times do you think Riddle practiced that in the back? I don't know. <laughs> like that's hard to remember. How many fish can a fish fry? If a Bobby fish can fry fish or whatever the whole. Thing. I, I I was not the the biggest fan of that, uh, but I mean it was you know. Uh, just also Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. I mean once again that's gonna be great. 
So and I like it because they already like they already have this established chemistry in the ring with one another. Yeah, last and, year. And yeah. now we have big time stakes involved. Okay. So they've honed the match that will work best for them. They can I'm sure they can add like a final gear to it. NXT takeover Portland really opened some okay. eyes. And it's for this what is becoming this prestigious championship in NXT. So I, I love that because they have history with one another. And now they have stakes involved. So I, I just I'm thrilled to see them sort of collide again, but this time for something that we got some marbles on this. And that's the thing, yeah. I mean, it's been well documented their history going back to PWG and like what 2017, some yeah. legendary matches. But uh, even then last year they had like a couple matches, then Dominic got hurt and that kind of got put on hold and yeah. Keith Lee was off TV for a while. So the fact that they're kind of coming back full circle now. Uh, I'm just kind of curious. It's the rare babyface versus babyface sort of uh, matchup, too. Yeah, and so I'm just curious for them, for their match, what can they do differently that we haven't seen already last year? So I think for them, I'm sure they're going to pull. Uh, they're going to try and top themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, I mean, I really, you know, and you know, while we're on the subject of Dijakovic mm-hmm. and and Keith Lee, uh, I know it was a losing effort, but I really like Killian Dane. Uh, yeah. A lot, so it's good to, good to see him sort of be in the mix and be like, hey, you know, you don't just get to waltz into this match with Keith Lee. Like, I'm a I'm a big time player too. I really want to see Dominic take on some smaller guys. I feel like, he, you know, he did he had Killian Dane this week. He had uh, Damian Priest recently as well. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious to see how he's going to do maybe with some smaller guys, kind of change it up a bit in, in the near future. So while I think Keith Lee is going to retain, you know, just early predictions here, but. It'd be curious to see where Dominic goes after this match is done with and what's next for him. What did you think of the uh, Charlotte, Rhea, and Bianca Belair segment? It was, I mean, for Charlotte to come back home, technically, because she got started in NXT. So that was cool. The fact that Bianca Belair and Rhea teamed up says we are NXT and they kind of both took her out. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Is that the early... The little, yeah. little seeds for maybe the triple threat for WrestleMania. Yeah, the speculation would have you believe that it would be a triple threat. And if that's the case, we were discussing off air. If that is the case, I'm all in for Bianca Belair to win that match. And it, and it sort of would stand to reason as the showing that she had in the Royal Rumble was a star-making showing in the Royal Rumble, tying with Shayna Baszler with the eight eliminations and just being sort of the Iron Woman of the, of the Women's Royal Rumble this year. It would be... I, I mean, I would be all. I, I think Bianca is a top star. Like she, she's fantastic. So I, I would definitely be all in for that. So uh, last night I was talking to our buddy Richard about the situation. Pro wrestling one on one one hundred and one on uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Follow him there. Great stuff there. Levi's a big fan of his. But yes. uh, on a side note, let me ask you this: So if Bianca Belair, based on your prediction, wins at WrestleMania, he was also thinking the same thing. Like, let her win. Does then Rhea? even though it's kind of a short title reign, barely a few months, if that. But does she get the call-up to Raw or SmackDown after that? I don't know what a call-up is. Or uh, a, a, a move, a, move a transfer? over. transfer? A transfer laterally to Raw or SmackDown. <laughs> uh, maybe. I could see that because Ooh, I— so The conversation was, who do we think will move from NXT to Raw or SmackDown after uh, Mania? Yeah. and so I, Shayna I, Baszler, we think, is one. I could see uh, Vince and company really wanting Rhea mm-hmm. on, on Raw or SmackDown. I, okay. I, I could definitely see that. Bianca is beyond ready— to be a champion on whichever brand, okay. uh, you know, she was sort of blocked by um, by Shayna Baszler's reign of terror there in NXT. Yeah. Uh, there, there's certainly sometimes there creatively where I maybe would have made the switch to Bianca already. Mm-hmm. And what I was talking about, I don't want her to fall into a Braun Strowman type situation because she has had all the momentum in the world. And then, you know, she she first in a losing effort to Shayna Baszler to take over. Listen, you're going to it's pro wrestling. It's predetermined. You're going to lose some matches. And that's just that's just the way it is. But I don't want her to become this sort of every time in the big title match, she comes up short and have that sort of start to define her. And then she just becomes sort of the gatekeeper for the next big thing. The next yeah. the next hot heel or baby face that needs to sort of get over. And it's like, oh, well. We'll have him beat Bianca. She's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think uh, Bianca, to me, has all of the tools. Uh, she, she's great on the mic. She's great in the ring. F- fabulous athleticism. Her presentation is terrific. I love the hair whip. Like, it's just, to me, she's got it. And uh, so I, I, if they do go with the triple threat at WrestleMania, I still think it should be a takeover because it's NXT championship. So it should be defended on takeover. It's their championship. 
but either way, you shove your chips in with Bianca Belair, and you wouldn't be disappointed. Or I don't. I mean, I could easily see Rhea retaining, and then Bianca goes to Raw and be with her husband of the Street Profits, and doing that as well. So I think there's just multiple ways these people can go. Yeah, it sounds it sounds cold, but. <laughs> Listen, I don't. I don't want them creatively to make any decisions because of who somebody is married to. Yeah. Uh, because listen, there's you know ninety nine percent of the people on this planet don't work with their significant other. So there it is. Yeah. No, I, I but, but I get that they're in a unique industry and where yes. those considerations are absolutely taken into. You know, they are taken the under consideration. Stuff, yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily want to see that happen. I I, I like I like my Bel Air on NXT. What'd you think of the whole promo with uh, Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano? Uh, just was getting there. Uh, I that got me so hyped for the that matchup. I think Finn Balor as a heel in NXT has been a revelation. Johnny Gargano is the face of NXT, whether he's the champion or not. He really is that sort of standard bearer, as he was talking about carrying the flag for NXT. Fantastic segment. Uh, I love the line about John wanting to stab Finn Balor through the heart with that flag that he's carrying and Finn saying he doesn't have a heart. Finn's facial expressions throughout the whole thing was great. Johnny's passion really came through. Fantastic segment. I popped when Johnny said, I want this Finn Balor, not the one that lost 17 oh, straight yeah, weeks to Bobby, to Bobby Lashley. Lashley. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, great callback to just his – is uh, Raw and SmackDown run? On yeah, his, TV. his his at sometimes struggles. He was the first Universal Champion, but yeah, no, I I thought that worked amazingly. Uh, the the main event match uh, did exactly what it needed to do, mm-hmm. and then with the aftermath, which I was not expecting, the return of Velveteen Dream out of nowhere. It was just it came off so well. And the only thing that I wish they had done better was. The camera work at the end when he pulled off his the tights that were yeah. uh, the overlay tights and revealing that he had tights of Roderick Strong's family on them. Very Rick Rude, mm-hmm. like such a great callback to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they didn't really sell it on the tube. And especially it, on the back where it says, uh, Marina, uh, call me up. Yeah, call me. Call me. So it's, Yeah, and so I thought I thought that was just again old school. Yeah. Uh such Psycho, a nice homage. Psycho, yeah, yeah, psychology. Such, yeah, such great psychology, a nice homage to Rick Rude and and all of you know some of his great feuds and everything like that. Uh, I loved it, but I don't feel like they properly sold it via their camera work, unfortunately. But, but you know, in, in this day and age with the internet and everything like that, it's gotten over. Yeah. Uh, but it was very cool. And, I'm, and Velveteen Dreams, another one, it's one of the best there is right now. He's still so young. I know. Well, that's, well WWE's camera work in the last couple of weeks has been it's not been, It's not been a great month. They got, yeah. They got, it's not been a great month. Pick it up, people. But I know. Amazing. Glad to have him back. And. It's uh, going back to, because they took him out, what, back in November or October? So he's been out for a while. So just glad to see him back in the fold. I've missed him. Yeah. The, o- the only drawback is is that, uh, you know, it's been so long that now, obviously, Roderick Strong does not have uh, the North American Championship that Velveteen Dream would like to win back any mm-hmm. longer. But, uh, no, that was terrific stuff. So so happy to see him back. Uh, and, it was awesome. And it was just cool to spray paint on uh, Tommaso Yes, Chapa. yes, yeah, that as well, yeah. A sort of nod to the NWO and stuff like DX. that. Yeah, it's, DX. But I, I, for me, I thought much more like the NWO uh, yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was, uh, that was very cool as well. Overall, I thought this was a home run episode of NXT. Shawn Michaels in the back. You spray paint. I love you. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Me. Spray paint no, always works. What's old is new again. So it, I mean, realistically, come on, because the spray paint stuff, that was, what, 96? Yeah, so, like what? Twenty four years ago. I mean, come on, it's it's long overdue. Like to kind of use that as a prop again. Yeah, yeah. the The only thing I would stray away from it is since UE is already such sort of very much so a nod to DX and the and the NWO already. You know, you don't want to overdo it. Like Dolph Ziggler does it as like cosplaying as Shawn Michaels. But uh, you know, I, I thought it, I thought it worked really well here, and I certainly am down to see them sort of start to do that to more of their their targets. Again, it was a home run episode of NXT. NXT Takeover Portland's going to be coming shortly. That's going to be all the way live. Yeah, for, it's it uh, looks like they have six matches. Yeah, which is a little bit different. They normally do five. Yeah. So I think they realize their roster is so big now they can add an extra match now for these takeovers. 
All right, let's let's go from NXT to Friday Night SmackDown. They were in the Bay Area. Uh, I unfortunately had a, a little bit of a fallout from the NBA trade deadline to deal with, so I was not in attendance in San Jose. But baby Huey, you and Tomas were. Yeah. Uh, what What did you? Uh, what was just what was the crowd atmosphere like uh, before we get into the actual sort of uh, breakdown of SmackDown itself? Listen, I know WWE at some of their live events have been down a little bit. But to the Bay Area's credit, dude, the the lower bowl was full all the way around. So, hey, listen, thank you. Shout out to all the, the Bay Area members of the WWE Universe for showing up. Overall, I thought the crowd was really into it the whole night, except for maybe towards the end, which we'll get into as we make our way. But um, they were hot. And I love that they started the show out with Miz and Morrison bringing back the dirt sheet. Yeah, let's talk about the that. The crowd had so much fun. We're laughing, enjoying themselves. The dirt sheet, yes. The, I, I definitely want to talk about the dirt sheet because that trailer they did, uh, you know, based off parroting Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time on the dirt sheet was uh, one of the, one of the best things that, that you'll see all week in wrestling. Like, it was such a really well-done parody. Uh, right off the top of my head, Lance Storm cameoing in it was <laughs> incredible. I, it just, it was, it really, and it, the fact that the dirt sheet's even back at all is awesome because it's something that we've speculated and talked about a lot. It was it was really something that first started to let Miz and Morrison's personalities both shine on the WWE screen. I geeked out so hard. I was like, oh my God, there's Lance Storm. Yeah. Like, it was amazing. And listen, the quality of the video package Awesome. Top notch. I mean, it, it felt like what the videos you showed me of Mundo uh, on Lucha Underground or stuff like he's done with Boone. I mean, so it's kind of cool that influence maybe that he's it, bringing it, with him. And it was such a great uh, parody of the trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. too, because uh, I, I I was very excited for that movie. So I must have watched that trailer about 20 times. And so right down to the Bruce Lee involvement, and it was they cast it perfectly, too, with Miz very much so being the Leonardo DiCaprio uh, character and, and uh, Morrison being this stuntman Brad Pitt uh, character deal. And so that I just I thought that was an absolute delight. The actual in the ring part of the dirt sheet, I, I think they they missed the mark on a couple of co- of the comedic spots there. Try like the, some of the forced lines and everything like felt a little stilted. But I, I am I am heartened that we will get more dirt sheet segments and they will knock them out of the park. I wonder how often. Can they do that? Can they do it like maybe every other week? Well, the, or? Well, the cool thing about like, the, you know, the dirt sheet, they don't all have to be these, you know, like big time productions. Like a lot of it can be on like a, like just with like a crummy green screen, kind of like Wayne's World, like with the hi, I'm in Delaware kind of like type stuff, like stuff that simple, that easy, that's really fun and creative. Or here's the other thing you keep in mind, Morrison lives in LA and Miz, I think even on, um, on his reality show, Ms. and Mrs., he just moved back to L.A. So yeah. maybe they can film stuff when they're not on the road. Yeah. Maybe use the Fox Studios to kind of do some stuff there. So, I mean, I could see hopefully they can kind of maybe do more of these, especially with social media, release these videos. could be a lot of fun. But uh, it was just, like I said, it was just very fun to see them in action, to do all that stuff. Like the crowd popped hard for that. But also cool just kind of seeing the New Day come out and Big E grabbing the microphone out of the popcorn. Yeah, that was great. And then uh, the Usos and then Dolph and Bobby Roode, I think, came out right after that. So it was a little. Yeah, I thought the transition was a little odd there, but uh, I thought it was a good match with with Roode and Ziggler and the Usos. But you think that's part of me why Mundo, or I keep saying Mundo, Morrison. It's okay. Oh, I, I prefer Johnny Mundo. By the way, shout out to his brother-in-law. I saw him yeah, there. Yeah, very he, cool. He was like, hey, man. He was like, yeah. yeah. He was all geeked out. Great, dude. Even though I check out John Morrison's Instagram, he has a photo of them. Post. Ex- excellent post. Shirtless. Yeah. But uh, I was just going to say, so uh, um, for Morrison, that's something we said. It's like he aspires to be an actor and do yes. movies. So maybe under the WWE Studios umbrella, he could do more of that. And the dirt sheet from a quality standpoint it looks like this could be the beginning of him maybe doing some more of those projects. Like Miz has the Marine. Maybe Morrison can. Well, Miz doesn't have the Marine anymore. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Spoiler. He's dead. Spoiler alert. Died. Yeah. Maybe Morrison takes up the banner now and he he carries or on Boone, the Marine he franchise. He does the Boone sequel. Yeah. I hope so. 
Uh, but I don't want to break down every match yeah. from SmackDown, but I do want to talk about uh, some Bay Area uh, wrestler pride that we got uh, with King Corbin uh, wreaking havoc upon the production crew and fans. We got to see the talents of Lucian Delight in the production truck <laughs> getting intimidated and harassed and assaulted. <laughs> By King Corbin and Huey, you had a front row seat, a perfect seat to see all pro wrestling's very own promoter Marcus Mack get a drink poured on him. Uh, courtesy, it was it was it was Alpha Zoe's drink from the World Freshest Tag Team. Uh, so you know who I love those guys. Yeah. Okay. So kind of break the fourth wall down. So where we were sitting at, we were front row uh, at one of the angles behind the the, the corner posts of the ring. And to our right, I saw a bunch of APW and East Bay Pro Wrestling uh, current wrestlers all lined up standing there. So it was kind of cool. That I think they were on call to help out whatever's needed. So I'm sitting there during the commercial break, and Marcus comes running by me, cutting through the seats. And actually, right before that, uh, one of the WWE staffers with the headset was asking everyone, please move over one seat. We're going to put two people at the very end. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And sure enough, next break, Marcus and uh, Zoe come walking through. And I say, hey, hi to Marcus. And he was like, hey, hey, what's going on? But he was quickly running to his spot. Then jump ahead. When I saw Baron doing his thing, I was like, uh-oh, that's what's going on. You know, like not to break the fourth wall, but Marcus and Zoe were the plants there for that segment. Awesome spot for them. Yeah, very cool. Very fun. Just seeing that happen. Then Roman comes out and saves the day and then even goes over and Checks in on them, you know, make sure they're okay as well. So, hey, great moment for them as far as getting some uh, primetime television. And I got a shout out for 205 Live, uh, yeah. my very own co-host of Championship Wrestling, Levi Shapiro, and Nick Ruiz yeah. getting some some run with the the Singh brothers on 205 Live. That was very cool, too. I geeked out so hard because uh, the, the lights were dark. Uh, and they were showing something on the screen. All of a sudden, they lift the lights up, and I see Levi in the ring. I'm like, "What?" And he, I think he saw me, but you know, he's trying to stay in character. Yeah, absolutely. Like I was like waving at him, and he looked over, but you know, he was you know acting tough. And you know, I mean, he's a tough guy, but I mean, you know, being his character for the night, so it was cool. So I would love to ask uh, just that whole night for him, how it was for him, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Just uh, it, it was just great to see the Bay Area wrestling scene on full display that night. But uh, also I want to ask you real quick, what do you think of uh, Goldberg? I was that, so that, bummed because they were saying Goldberg's going to be on SmackDown. I was like, oh, he's going to be here in person. Awesome. Live via satellite. So, yeah, that's that's what we'll we'll finish talking SmackDown with this because the big thing, the, the big thing from this show was Goldberg. You know, it was yeah. a big promotion. Goldberg's going to be on SmackDown. I, like you, baby Huey, uh, thought that Goldberg was going to be in San Jose for uh, for SmackDown. And that, that you know, uh, it did feel sort of like a kind of a bait and switch kind of deal mm-hmm. that he was there via satellite. Uh, that was a bummer. Uh, however, overall, I think that segment played really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I think the it sounded like, at least for me watching on TV, the crowd really was into it when he, you know, told the fiend Bray Wyatt that he's next and stormed off. To me, it came off really great. Um what I will say is that, uh, you know, I wasn't honestly wasn't expecting it to be the Fiend versus Goldberg. I really wasn't. I thought I thought we were going to get King Corbin uh, versus Goldberg in Saudi Arabia and Goldberg just going to squash King Corbin kind of deal. Um, now that it is the Fiend, it got me thinking. I was like, you know what? That that to me, that's a WrestleMania match. The Fiend versus Goldberg for the mm-hmm. Universal Championship. You have the Fiend. I don't. That's a to me. That's a high quality match, and that's a high quality match that can get the fiend over even more. Because watching him kick out of the jackhammer, something that almost no one has ever done, it's going to really, really, you know, make him look super strong. Okay, I would, I would rather get that at WrestleMania. So while I'm excited, and I thought this came off really well, it made me think. I was like, man, like it just what a drag it kind of is, sort of for it to happen in this in this sort of capsule like. Saudi show, this super showdown show, which I try and honestly kind of try and ignore. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hoping for, and this is a long shot, is that it ends in some type of screwy DQ finish or something like that, and we get the rematch in proper at WrestleMania. I don't think that's what's going to happen. All the smart money's on it being Roman versus The Fiend at WrestleMania. I have 
you know, given the build, I'm sure I can buy in. But as of right now, I don't have much interest in seeing that match. However, a strongly built Fiend versus Goldberg match going to WrestleMania, you could involve Goldberg's kid, which, of course, he's been on WWE TV before. I, I'm into that. Like, I, I'm, you know, and the other thing, if we don't get Sting versus Undertaker, have the Fiend beat Undertaker at WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt lost the Undertaker. Maybe the Fiend beats him. Returns the favor. Not even about returning the favor, but just making, you know, that truly the Fiend will become the new face of fear if that happens. Yeah, it's, it's, we keep talking about this, how the Fiend's going to be booked for the next few months, especially as Universal Champion, how you keep making him look strong and at the same time, yeah, this new character of no fear. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people online were hoping it was going to be Roman versus Goldberg at Saudi, the Saudi show, but doesn't look like it. Obviously, now it's going to be The Fiend. So it would be interesting. Yeah, this is a one-time thing just to fill The Fiend's time before WrestleMania yeah. and the eventual matchup with Roman, if all the speculation is true. That being said, I know it's on Super Showdown. Big spot for The Fiend. Big match oh, yeah. with Goldberg. Uh, I like Goldberg. I'd, lo- I'd love to see Goldberg wrestle more. Like, you know, 12, tw- 12 to 20 times a year. <laughs> give me give me Goldberg. Like, I, I, He's such a great draw, such a yeah. great character. He is a superhero uh, yeah. In professional wrestling. And so uh, I really liked it. I was going to say real quick before I forget, just shout out to Otis, his uh, segment. Getting ready. <laughs> Everyone in the arena was laughing for yeah. that. So I'm excited for I'm, Otis. I'm excited for him. Yes. And also just shout out Bailey, even though she's a heel and she sat ringside for the four-way match that night and then Saturday night at the house show at Oakland Arena. She was getting a huge pop from the Bay Area. So even oh, though she's course. a heel, the Bay Area still loves her. Still represents for Bailey. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap up right there, but on our way out the door, I do have to give a shout out to one Rusty Simmons of the San Francisco Chronicle. He did a great article about George Kittle and his love of professional wrestling and what that future may hold. And part of his sort of research for that article was he was asking me, he's like about George Kittle's love of wrestling. And I said, yeah, we actually had him on before last year's WrestleMania. And he said, can you send me that interview? I'd like to listen to it. And so that was part of his research for the article. So shout out to Rusty Simmons. He's one of the very best sports writers uh, that you will find. So uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for thinking of us and uh, great job on the piece. But That is going to do it for us here at In The Click. For Baby Huey, I'm Bimbo Jimbo. And remember, if you're not in the click, see ya. And I wouldn't want to be ya.